2001, New Jersey band Saves the Day released their third studio album, Stay What You Are. Following hot on the heels of their 1999 sophomore release, Through Being Cool, Stay What You Are propelled the band to a level of success they hadn't seen before. The album sold 15,000 copies in its first week, becoming one of Vagrant Records' best-selling albums within a year of its release. Its singles At Your Funeral and Freakish performed particularly well on MTV2, and the album peaked at number 100 on the Billboard 200. To date, Stay What You Are has sold 300,000 copies. Record sales aside, Stay What You Are was, and remains, a beloved album among emo, indie and pop-punk circles. Vulture's Brad Nelson deemed the album a watershed emo record that defined the terms of the sound that later bands, like Taking Back Sunday and Fall Out Boy, would ride into legitimate airplay and pop stardom. In 2009, Sputnik music user Atham wrote, For those that like pop punk, Saves the Day's Stay What You Are is mana from heaven. If you've heard it before, chances are that there are some wonderful memories tied in with this album, and for those that never have, give it a chance to find its way into some of your life's favourite moments. Indianapolis artist Jordan Banks is one of the many people who did exactly that. In 2019, 18 years after Stay What You Are was released, Jordan published a love letter to the record and to the band in the form of a full-length cover album entitled Stay What You Are or Change If You Need To and released under the name Era Jordan. The album is a gentle, introspective interpretation of its namesake that balances the weight it held at the time against the weight it holds now while paying tribute to the space in between. At a time when we, when all of us, feel particularly removed from the outside world, we feel very lucky to have reached out to Jordan to talk about himself, his work, and, of course, this album. It's a shame that the Punk Goes series hasn't offered any Saves the Day covers for us to sink our teeth into. At least, not yet. But given the significance of this album to the genre, and to us, we felt it was only right to dedicate a special episode to Era Jordan's reinterpretation. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everyone, to this special halfway episode of Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series in full. We have an extra special guest today, our first guest that we have never met IRL. Uh, We had, say for a quick Zoom call, about five minutes ago. So today we would like to welcome Indianapolis-based musician Jordan Banks. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to to chat with you guys. Yeah, coordinating this interview across multiple time zones was interesting, to say the least. This is 
a lot earlier than I would usually get up on a weekend. Oh yeah, uh, what, what time is it? So it is 9.18 a.m. on Saturday for us. Gotcha. The earliest we've ever recorded. Yeah, the yeah. earliest we've ever recorded. <laughs> I see. Um, so, yeah, our friend of the pod, Richard, will be interested to hear about this because he is a firm believer that we should abolish time zones entirely and just all exist on the same time. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I'm starting to see why he promotes that because – Time zones are hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing. And I think there are some like half hour and 15 minute ones as well, which just oh kind God. of blow my mind. So I think at that point I would just move. I'll just be like, no, nah, like, yeah, too it's not much. worth it. This little town is not yeah, worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm too big for this small town and it's ridiculous time zones. <laughs> so, first of all, how are you coping with isolation? Uh, this is a very weird time for all of us. So yeah, just wanted to check in on a human level and just ask, how are you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's, it has been a very weird time. Um, yeah, the company I work yeah. for, we shut down on the 20th of March. Um, and so I've been out of work, um, ever since then. Um, oh, and, Jesus, uh, well, I mean, there are certainly people who have it a lot worse than me. And I was, I was lucky enough that the unemployment system wasn't too terribly difficult for me to figure out unlike a lot of people over here in the States and specifically yeah. in Indiana. So I've been okay. Um, just spending a lot of time by myself has been strange. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in my thirties now and I've been playing video games and like ordering pizza and it feels like in some ways it feels like I'm a teenager again, which it, it, some days it's like, wow, this is really fun. And other days it's just super depressing. So, um, yeah. but you yeah. know, I, I think a lot of people are in that. So I guess I would say that I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, look, I am so sorry to hear about just you've, yeah, you've been dealt. It's very kind of you to say other oh, people have it much worse, but yeah, things can also be a lot better for a lot of people, I think. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, if anything, just the thought experiment of going through a second adolescence is always <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like being grounded, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Um, it's real strange. Yeah. And to like go it... drive to my parents' house to take them things and have to like look at them from the street. Uh, it's, oh. it's just weird. It's very weird. It really is. So has it, has isolation, like being by yourself, has it caused you to, and Sam threw this question in, so I'm stealing his thunder. Oh, that's all right. Has it caused you to write some like interesting stuff, like some off the beaten track kind of music? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, it's certainly not a, an original idea. Lots of people have done this, but kind of before I was even, out of work, um, I reached out to a couple friends to, when we saw that it was coming, um, to just be, yeah. be like, Hey, you guys want to, uh, challenge each other to, you know, write, write and record something in one or two days time. And then we will put it up on Bandcamp for free or something. Um, so nice. actually I wrote two songs for it because, uh, the first one that I wrote, um, was kind of a little too good for just to throw away a little compilation. Um, <laughs> yes. So I 
and I, I'm finishing up another record. So I was like, I might just put that one on the record, but then I had to write a different one. Um, and that one has turned out really strange. I, th- I think that, w- that will probably go up. <sighs> Fingers crossed. It's going to go up uh, May 1st. So that might be in the past at this point when this, by the time this, this gets yep. released. Um, but so hopefully that'll be finished up and out. Um, but it's a really weird song, especially for me, just, uh, I don't know. I try to lean into weirdness. Um, and this yeah. one went, I mean, not, it's just weird for me. It's not like yeah. people are going to hear it. And, like they heard like revolution number nine by the Beatles when it first came out. It's nothing <laughs> like that. And I, how dare I compare myself to the Beatles, but, um, no, do it. I fully endorse anyone comparing themselves to anyone they like. (laughs) So, look, we'll start with the basic kind of questions. So in as much or as little detail as you're comfortable with, tell us about yourself. Um, All right. So uh, I am, I'm 36. Um, Mm -hmm. As you said, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I've been here for about three years now. Um, I, for, for my day job, I train, um, ABA therapists who work one-on-one with, uh, children with autism. Oh, wow. Um, And so, um, I, I started that at a, in a different city in, uh, Indiana in central Indiana. Um, and then Uh really kind of the town I was in was a college town. Um, and it was time for me to get out of that. So I came down to Indianapolis and all my family's here anyway. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's a little bit about me. Obviously, I do the music thing as a uh, overglorified hobby, um, and yep. I, uh, I dabble in some improv comedy as well. Um, but for the oh, most wow. part, I sp- I tend to spend my spare time working on music. I've been playing in bands and writing songs since I was like in seventh grade. Um, wow. So uh, yeah, it's. I think it's something most people outgrow by the time they get to my age. Um, but it's one of the few things that I love doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Era Jordan. So, mm-hmm. your musician name, I guess. Your alter ego as a musician. So, yeah. you, yeah, Era Jordan began in 2016. Uh, yeah. How did you come up with that name? Uh I don't know which one of them did. They've they've kind of argued about it between them. But my two best friends at one point uh, jokingly referred to me as Error Jordan. Um, at the time, I still, well, I mean, I still, I, I, w- I wasn't pursuing this band um, or the Error Jordan yeah. project or whatever. I, I was playing more consistently with another band. Um, but through different circumstances there, like our drummer moved to California and we we decided to try and do things still with him through email that really slowed that down. Um, to the point where I hadn't, I hadn't finished writing a song in about three years by the, at the time that I started doing the air Jordan stuff. Um, wow. So I was nervous about that. I didn't like the idea that some of that stuff was disappearing. Um, so I decided to try and, uh, you know, write some songs myself. There's this thing in February called February album writing month where. Okay. Yep. Just kind of, like NaNoWriMo. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just a challenge to try and write an album's worth of material in a month. And I was like, Oh, I should try and do that. And I, I got five songs. <laughs> so not really wow. an album, 
but for having not written a single song in, you know, or finished a song in three years, um, it felt pretty yep. good. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I just tried to keep going from there. I set a goal for myself to release at least one thing under the Air Jordan name every year. Um, and so far I've been able to do that. So. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Mm. Uh, yeah, because looking at your band camp, aside from the one that we're going to talk about today, like you are a very accomplished young man, if I may say mm-hmm. so myself. <laughs> well, I appreciate and the young yeah, there. Yeah, look, I just play the role of that really shitty, like condescending kind of person. Uh, but yeah, like I have had such a wonderful time getting more familiar with your back catalogue and yeah as someone who oh my god like it's true I wouldn't be sounding like an idiot on a podcast otherwise because it's just (laughs) been so lovely to get the opportunity to talk to you um yeah as someone who is self-taught in guitar and by that I mean I played tabs and then I stopped playing and I've not picked it up since like I love seeing people who can take this as a hobby and run with it and turn it into like a real project to just keep working with. That's one thing I struggle with as an adult is having that creative outlet that I can focus on when I'm not being yeah. my work self. Definitely. Um, yeah. That's, that's, it's definitely a challenge and it's something I've been struggling with a lot. Um, especially as I just, as I get older, um, it's hard to hold on to those outlets. Uh, yeah. You know, especially like, like playing music, it it really is a young person's game, and uh, so I mean it's it's strange to be getting to the age where uh, the, there aren't really a lot of like local people still playing music at my age. You kind of have to like get some success to keep doing it into your later thirties, and um, but I just kind of it doesn't cost me anything to do it with my setup. Um, Yep. So I, I don't see any reason to stop doing it. That's that's exactly it. I think, yeah, with similar to any sort of creative venture, like for me at least, as soon as I realized, like, you don't have to make this your income earning thing. Like, you do not have to monetize everything that you do. You can just right. do it for the joy of it. Right. Mm. That changes your focus completely. Like, that gives you something to focus your attention on yeah. outside of all the other things obligated to do and it's important too i mean don't get me wrong i would love to get paid to do this uh tomorrow quit my job and never have to do that again um i love my job i absolutely love my job but if i get paid to do music full-time i would i would absolutely do that but i mean it's the lack of pay is it's not it's just not a good enough reason to give up on something that um fulfills you so much you know Exactly. So I think, yeah, that's one thing I've really had to grapple with in the last couple of years. And like, don't get me wrong. This is probably my most creative outlet that I've had for years, but Mm -hmm. just that idea of turning everything you love into a side hustle. Like I hate that idea of like, Oh, earn a bit of extra income by crafting things and selling them on Etsy or and, and that stuff's great shows. if you really do truly enjoy it while you're doing it. Um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I get a very, I get some money. It's a very small amount and it doesn't cover 
usually i mean every once in a while i'll pay someone to mix a song or something like that i know i'm gonna lose money on that that's that's not a big deal um but there there was a point in time in my life where i thought maybe i would try on the side to record other people's bands for them and it was miserable you like yeah you, you get you get people who like the songs just aren't good and you still have to pour into them. <laughs> and it's not like, like with a photographer to a certain extent, and I don't want to offend any photographers, but uh, <laughs> if, if like, let's say your model shows up wearing just the most ridiculous outfit, nobody's going to look at that and blame you for the, the clothing yeah. choice that they, you know, took. But if I'm producing a band and the recording sounds horrible, I'm the one who gets blamed for that. Uh, Mm. It just wasn't fun. So some of that stuff, uh, it's fine to make money off of it. If you are truly still enjoying that, but if, if you're, yeah. And you know, I I should shut up because I'm just talking myself in circles here, but. No, I am thoroughly enjoying this and (laughs) yeah, I am thoroughly enjoying having the chance to actually use my words with someone because between me and Sam communicating in very half sentences for the right. last couple of weeks. <laughs> just doing the, the bare minimum that we can to make each other laugh. It's like, just... yeah. Well, so... you're lucky you made it through. You're making it through. I, I, at the start of quarantine, I was living with a girlfriend and that quarantine, we did not survive. So, oh, so you're lucky to to be uh, making it through. Although I don't know, maybe it's hard there. Who knows? We don't need to air your dirty laundry. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, before you know it, this will just descend into a shouting match. I think we just pile on the cat. Like that's the thing. It's like he's a scapegoat. For yeah. Everything. If if anything goes wrong, we just we just <laughs> shift the blame onto him, and then it's just well, okay. That's the that's our problem. That's the bad guy in the house. Smart. That's good. That's convenient. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, just to be revolting and be that couple, like, we've been very lucky that this, mm. like, yeah, it's challenging having to live 24-7 in the space where you signed up to live in it purely as, like, we have a roof over our heads and then right. we can go outside and conduct our regular lives. But yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been good. Mm. Like, for us, our main hiccup is we have a wedding uh, booked mm. for Halloween this year, which it might happen. If it does, it'll be very different to what we pictured. Um, yeah. It might not this happen, is, but in saying that. getting married. Yes. Oh, yes. congratulations. Uh, oh, thank oh, you. you. And again, like you said, like it could be so much worse. Um, and at the end of the day, we want to be able to hug and kiss people at our wedding. So sure. we are happy to put it off as long as we need to for that to happen, I guess. Yeah. So enough about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, the most obvious kind of questions to start to delve into you as a music fan, a music maker. Yeah. First concert, first album you bought with your own money. Uh, <laughs> okay. So first concert I went to um, was a, band from Akron, Ohio called 1964 The Tribute. They are, uh, and they're still together now. They're four dudes who dress up in like authentic 60s Beatles costumes and just play the Beatles songs. They 
They oh, only wow. they focus specifically on like the songs the Beatles themselves played while they were touring. So anything after '66, they don't play. Um, yep. I excitedly say this because I was in I think maybe sixth or seventh grade when I saw that show, and uh, I still um, like the last time I saw them, my mom and I went went and saw them um, a year ago this past November. Um, yeah. And I yeah I, I just I love them so. <laughs> that uh that was my first oh, concert somewhat uh i'm not embarrassed by that that's that's fine no um, that's awesome first first album that i bought with my own money um i think uh gosh this, this is just gonna make me look kind of silly i think it was the beatles anthology one um that's awesome i bought that on cd and i didn't even have a cd player yet so i would have to listen to it on my parents computer um <laughs> I, I the first that. record yeah. I remember ever getting, though, my dad bought me the cassette tape of um, Totally Crossed Out by Criss Cross. Um, nice. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, correct me if I'm wrong, I guess listening to your work in general, I get the vibe that you sort of, yeah, you very much appreciate the classics so like the Beatles that kind of thing and then more like indie sort of leaning would that be yeah correct I mean and it, yeah. as much as who knows what indie means anymore um yeah oh god exactly mm. it's all just identity politics at this point yeah but yeah I would agree with that statement so in terms of the record that we brought you on to discuss today mm-hmm. so just to recap so it was last year that you released it is that correct yeah i i released it on my birthday um so that would have been january 2019 um when i released that yep i had started working on it in july the year before um because every year let's see here it's i think it's like i want to say july 10th um every year right around then i always kind of note in my head up stay stay what you are is another year older now um oh that's so cool and that summer i realized that it ha- it was the year that the record turned because that would have been july 2018 so it turned yep. 17 years old that year and i was 17 when it came yep. out um wow so for me it was kind of like this record has now been a part of my life for as long as it as before it was um yeah and now yep. at this point even longer um so that's incredible so yeah so a super duper obvious question so how important was this album to you in your teenage years uh yeah it it was definitely i don't it's hard to say if it was like at the top top um but i mean specifically just this that summer 2001 um was just a huge foundational year for me um, both as a music fan but as a musician um Uh and when i i mean like stay what you are came out that year bleed american came out that year Uh, Uh, yeah i'm trying to remember what else um i saw saves the day for the first time that summer they were on a a tour here in the states called vagrant america and it was um hey mercedes dashboard confessional alkaline trio get up kids and saves the day for like 15 bucks oh my gosh i'm Uh, so jealous (laughs) yeah and i i hadn't heard i mean i think the only bands that i had heard 
at that point were embarrassingly like probably dashboard confessional um yeah but saves the day came out and they looked like kids um and they i mean they were i mean i think they're only like two or three years older than me so they they were at the oldest like 20 or 21 years old um and yeah it just blew me away um and so stay what you are like it continues to be a very important record to me at this point in my life i i would definitely say it's in my top 10 um yeah and there's not a whole lot of music from from then that i would still regularly return to um but that record I, you know I, I will i will listen to it until i you know get alzheimer's or or what <laughs> until i get dementia um and it will still yeah. excite me and inspire me and it's just it's it's that important of a record to me yeah that's awesome i think like yeah it's a similar kind of story on my end for you in terms of this album except it was one of those bizarro situations where like i got into it at a time where like my friends and i were all burning mixed cds for each other Mm, yeah and like every now and then you'd just like chuck an entire album onto the back of a mix just because you had the room and you didn't want to give up that real estate of sure yeah, space. yeah 80 minutes was so precious yeah or like then it got up to like 120 minutes and it was so precious it was like no i need to use all of this yeah right. there was nothing more frustrating than like putting that one last song on and it maxed it out and you had yeah. to like rejig everything and make it work I and, used to edit yeah. songs to cut like just a little bit of time off so i could squeeze more on <laughs> Oh, that's uh, see. I did not have the technical chops to do any of that, so it was just no. sort of the equivalent of like square peg round, just like smashing it in, like trying to get it to fit. This will yeah. eventually work. Exactly. Yeah. If I just yell at it long enough, and yeah, uh, a friend of mine, she burned me a mix of God knows what. I can't think what it was, but then she threw this album onto the back of it, and it's one of those ones where I listened to it at the time, loved it. And then it just sort of lay dormant for a good, Mm -hmm. God, like almost a decade, I'd say. And yeah. And then I, for some reason, just out of nowhere, I was like, man, I really feel like listening to this one. I think it was Cars and Calories or Freakish, one of those two. Yeah. And then listening to the rest of the album, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like this album has been such a... I guess, yeah, it was such a key part of what I listened to as a teenager, but I never fully appreciated it for what it was. Yeah. And so, yeah, being able to revisit it was just so special. And then, yeah, like jumped onto Spotify. I was like, yep, cool, going to listen to this. It is not on Spotify, which was infuriating. Um, I looked at like music retailers in Australia. It wasn't available because it's out of print now. So, yeah, like jumping onto eBay, buying it from someone. Wow. Um, but, yeah, all of this is to say, like, in a roundabout way, that when I was looking for it on Spotify, I saw that the Holophonics uh, Scar Band had done a full-length yes. cover, which is also sick. And then, yeah, in one of my many attempts to find this album and listen to it in full, I came across Stay What You Are or Change If You Want To. And <laughs> it's just – it's yeah, I cannot describe enough or like gush enough, like just how delicately you've treated the record. Like it's just such a beautiful 
tribute to such an amazing album. Like it really captures that idea of like you're when you're 17 and you're angry and you're listening to this music that has some really incredible lyrics and like turns a phrase, but it's sort of couched in this kind of scrappy, like pop punk. And then you grow up and you look back at the same songs with like a real fondness and some years of experience on your belt and you can translate it into something a lot more gentler and introspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, there are a couple of things that you mentioned there that I kind of want to bounce off of. Uh, One of which is the, uh, you know, my silly little addition to the title. Um, But for, for me, it was like, um, as I've gotten older, uh, I mean, when you're 17, 18, 19 years old, it's like, don't change. You are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of pride in being who you are and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at yeah. the same time, there are certain things that we need to change. Um, and so that's, that's part of why I added that little or change if you want to, because you know, some of us need, I to do change. love that little addition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's what was really interesting to me while I was working on it was um, that I mean I had been singing these songs to myself, listening you know listening to this record so many times over seventeen years. But when it was actually time for me to like make my own versions of them, the songs mm-hmm. ended up meaning like kind of the meanings of the lyrics changed for me, um, and it. Yeah, they really connected with where I was in that moment in a way that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, yeah, which I mean, you know, art is meant to be interpreted and, and consumed in that way. Um, so, I, I I would tend to think that a lot of people, um, no matter what song they listen to, can find a way to be like, oh yeah, that's talking about what I'm going through right now. Um, but it yeah. just yeah. felt really strange how how much that was um, connecting we, with me um, while I was, you know, singing those songs. Um, yeah. As far as like the versions themselves, um, it, my, my main intention when I started the whole thing was um, I knew, I, I mean, I'm nowhere near the singer that Chris Conley is. Um, and all of those <laughs> songs are much higher than where I would normally sing. Um, so I knew I was going to yep. be changing keys and things like that. Um, but I also thought like, this is going to be really boring to listen to if I just record it like, I mean, the same arrangements. Um, yeah. So I really wanted to make sure I approached all of the songs um, in a, a different way. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know how, how in depth we want to get on talking about any of that stuff. Um so I don't want to jump too far ahead just yet. Uh, but I mean, yeah. I will say that like the, the songs that we sort of applaud more, the ones that we talk about are the ones that they do look at the song and go, okay, how can we do our thing with this and not just let's just recreate the song. Right. Yeah. In like the, the ones that go, well, let's, let's give it an interesting twist. Let's give it something else. Let's put our stamp on this other than just, well, like this is the song, and we'll just cover it. Like, sure. Like, like, like what I used to do in high school in my high school punk band. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's what's funny about that's what's almost funny about this conversation taking place on this podcast is 
that was the easy and fun thing to do for a pop punk punk band, you know, like all exactly. of that could yeah. be boiled down. And there was that like cutesy element to it as well, you know, like um, there, I, I don't, I'm not making my point well by bringing this up, but there was a, there was some pop punk band that covered, I want it that way. Um, and I guarantee you 99% yes. of the people that ever knew that band only knew that song and that was it. Um, yeah. And uh, I believe that we would have covered that song possibly depending on which band it was. And or we are due we, to cover we it. We will at yeah. some point. Uh, Dynamite Boy. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I, but, um, that's the thing too, is I'm sure there were multiples that did that. Um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, so, I mean, yeah, that was, and I, I loved it. Like, I, I don't know that I, I think I bought one of the punk ghost CDs. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one it was. I know it had Copeland doing black hole sun. Um, ah, uh, yeah. It's a prob possibly the nineties. Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been a nineties. That one. sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the cool thing to do. Um, uh, but then when you're looking at, an actual pop punk song. Uh, what do you do with that? And a lot of exactly the the other easy thing to do is to take a loud rock song and make it a, a quiet, you know, a piano or acoustic song. And that's a little yeah. overdone, yeah. I think as well, you know, um, Absolutely. It's an easy way for people to be like, Oh, look at what they did with this song. Um, so I kind of wanted to yeah. fall somewhere between that myself. Um, yeah, so that was the approach I took. Um, for the for the most part, I never really like mapped anything out before I started working on it, uh, which is honestly the way I do most of my own songs as well. I just kind of sit down and start doing something um, and see yeah. where that goes. Um, for the most part, I know I did two different versions of Freakish because the first one I did I didn't think was compelling at all. Um, but for the most part... Yeah. I just kind of, once something started to go in one direction, um, that was, that was the way we went with it and, uh, tried not to think too much about it. Um, cause like ultimately I knew I wasn't going to match the record, you know? Um, and that wasn't an intention. Um, my intention was just yeah. to have some fun with it. Um, I love the record so much. I've been saying for a long time, I was going to do something with it. Um, and didn't end up following through with any of those. So I was like, no, nah, I'm going to follow through with this one. The funny thing yeah. is it's the longest record I've ever done. It's longer than any of my own records. Yeah. No, it's an incredible feat. Like, I think, yeah, just to play off what you were saying, like it's very easy to fall into that trap of just doing the crowd pleaser, like note for note or very closely covered versions yeah. of anything. But like to sit down and repurpose a song to pay tribute to the original while still giving it your signature sound. Like that's an incredible feat for like one track, let alone an entire album, which I would imagine was written with a bit of a concept in mind, like on saves the days part. So yeah, yeah like it's no small undertaking. Like this is a truly incredible piece of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long did it take for love? Um, like I said, I started it in July and I would guess that I finished um, the last one in probably November or December. Um, wow. It took several months, but I mean, 
I have a day job um, and yep. you know, friends and other things that I do. So I would, for the most part, you know, work pretty slowly on it. Um, yeah. I, with the exception of, I think, ups and downs, um, I did, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I did the record in order. Um, yep. So that was, that was interesting too. I, I wasn't sure that I was going to do that, but um, that's just kind of what felt right to me at the time. Um, and obviously I, I understand ups and downs was not on the actual record, but to me it's part of um, Stay What You Are. So that's why I wanted to do that one as well. And I'm gonna get to the bottom of this gonna peel back I think Ups and Downs is easily, like, I love the entire thing, but easily one of my favorite offerings of your version. I think it's, yeah, it makes sense to include it within the context of your rendition of the album, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. it does have a very sort of introspective feel about it that really helps to sort of package up the entire album and close it off. Yeah. Plus, it's just such a the original is just such a perfect song. Like it's yeah. so, so good. Um, I think I remember hearing the only reason it wasn't on the record is because they just ran out of time and didn't, weren't able to finish oh, it. Wow. Otherwise it absolutely would have been on it. So they just finished it later and did it as a, like a compilation track or something, but it is, it's so good. And I still haven't yep. seen them do it live, um, which is a bummer. Is there, are there, bleh. Are there any standout tracks for you in terms of were there any that you found particularly challenging to repurpose or to um yeah, to make a an era Jordan signature yeah. version of, for example? Yeah, as your ghost takes flight was really it's a weird song. Um and what it's doing on the original it, like they're it sounds like they're playing the same thing through the different verses, but each verse is complete, not completely different, but it's pretty different. Um, yeah. And uh, it's an active song. The last time that I saw you, August of 99, I should have had my hammer and a few rusty spikes to nail you on a wall. Bottles to catch your blood, display you for the neighbors so they know your time had come. And drink your blood, feel tripping down my throat, and hey, it for my heart. And I 
It, that one, I of all of the songs on my version, that's probably the one that I'm least excited about. Um, right. But I just, I kind of remember when working on it, it was just like, well, I got to get through this one, so let's just. <laughs> um, yeah, that one just it, it wasn't it wasn't all that exciting. My end result of it, um, but I just had such a hard time finding uh, the right arrangement for it so yeah on the flip side which song were you or are you most excited about like which one do you think like this is my favorite one in terms of how i translated it into my own um yeah, yeah what are the standout tracks in that sense the i mean there's there's a couple that i really like um ups and downs obviously is one of them um there's a yeah there's a three-part vocal harmony um I, I, like on the on the line of the ropes that I've been hanging from, and yes, it it was just kind of a happy accident um, when I tracked it. But I remember, uh, like I just soloed just those vocals and and played them over and over and over and just giggled because I was so excited <laughs> with how well those three parts worked together. Because I'm yes. saying today, harmonies are at least back at that time. Um, the saves the day background vocal, a lot of times is like, unless you're really, really into music and really paying attention, it's the kind of thing that its presence adds a lot, um, and you don't necessarily, but you don't necessarily notice it. But if I were to take it yeah. out and it wasn't there anymore, you would feel like something's missing. Um, yeah. For when I was trying to do vocal harmonies and things like that, um, I kind of took a hybrid approach of straight up copying what they did on some parts and then just writing new parts myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ups and Downs was a standout for me. Another one, I don't know that I would put how high I would put it, like if we were ranking the best tracks on it, if I would put it super <laughs> high. But the version that I did end up with of Freakish um, – it's kind of a standout to me just because it's so weird. Um, like, I think, yeah, to me, I agree. That's definitely a standout in terms of that's the most unique one in terms yeah. of how it differs from the original. Sure. Like, especially, like, is it keys in the second chorus? Like, the keyboard kind of tones? I am very shit at yeah. describing music. Yeah, I, I'm trying yeah. to remember what I did with Because it's like it goes to like a do 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 but it's like a yeah. drum part yeah. there um and i sync to the bass up with that somewhat and uh like i just remember i was like this is weird what 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 am i doing uh but i just was like now nah, i'm gonna lean into this because yeah i can't it, I, I can't overthink it too much to the center
so bizarre. Yeah, I suspect that's when anyone's best work sort of comes to the fore is when you just go with it. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, I say this as someone who is not at all a musician, but I feel like a lot of the time, just with any sort of creative endeavor, like first thought, best thought, like just, yeah, yeah throw it all sure. on the wall, see what sticks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first, think later. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful um, about editing too much at the beginning. Um, yeah. A lot of times that ends up getting you away from being able to finish anything. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, one other track I really wanted to talk about in particular was uh, your version of Firefly, which yeah. uh, myself and a couple of other people that I've been ranting at about this album, they've noticed that it is probably the closest to the original, yeah. like yeah. for an album that does deviate quite a lot from that just your, I guess, pop punk kind of sound. Like I right. do like that as the, well, in this sense, penultimate track, it does leave the listener with a feel for what the original was like, and probably what made this album feel so important to you at the time, if I can yeah. suggest that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I remember when it came time to work on that one, I was like, what am, what am I going to do with Firefly? Um, Cause it is such yeah. a great song. Uh, and it's on, on those earlier saves the day records. Um, it felt like, there would be at least one song on each record that felt like it fit more on the one behind it. Um, yeah. Like on through being cool. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it was, maybe do it. Do you love what I mean, do you know what I hate the most um, was like the really fast yep. punk song that felt like it would fit more on can't slow down. This one was the one to me that felt like it would fit more on through being cool. Um, yes. Yeah. But I, I loved it. And uh yeah, I mean that what a great way to end that record. Um especially with the beautiful guitar lines at the end of it. Um and there was part of me that felt like it would be funny to do the whole record in my own style and then for the very last song almost like take the easy way out and be like screw it, I'm just going to do the regular version for this one. Um I <laughs> I love that cuz it very much came through like as a listener like I, cause yeah, whenever I play this album, it's not just picking bits and pieces like your one and the original, like it's top to bottom. You can't skip it. And yeah, I remember the first time I was listening to your version and yeah, like the fading out of like, this is not an exit. It's like, oh, how lovely. And then I said, I want you home. just goes back into classic saves the day i was just like yes like yeah, sitting at my sure. desk at work like fist pumping <laughs> yeah and i i uh 
I tried three different drummers to get the the actual drum part um, for that song. Yeah, uh, because like I'm not a drummer. Like on my records, I play, but I play I write super super simple parts. I knew there was no way I was going to be able to play that drum track. Um, yeah. So I contacted a couple different guys just through online, you know, gig websites, uh, and I was like, hey, uh-huh. I know this is going to sound weird, but I want you to record these drums pretty much exactly like they are on on this record i want it to be as yeah. close to a carbon copy as possible um and i got one guy who was like yeah i can i can it'll be close it'll it'll be close to it it won't be the exact same but it'll be really close um and so i paid him and i got him and i was like this isn't close at all uh so then oh. i found another guy and it was a little bit better and finally i found one other fella um and i was like i just want you to record over this track i'm gonna send you the original yeah and, and he was like all right and he sat down and like charted it out and um i actually I, i'm pretty sure he actually recorded it um by itself because he was like he said that you could tell the original was not recorded to a click which probably means that they recorded it live which is pretty cool wow oh, cool yeah yeah so um but then I had to learn the guitar, the guitar parts myself, which, uh, you know, when I was 19 or 20, I learned a lot of Saves the Day songs, but I hadn't really been playing them um, just sitting around my house in a long time. So I couldn't really remember. And I had to, <laughs> some nerdy friends and I, um, a long time ago, uh, found this video where this kid has split screen and it shows him he spent all the time figuring out the guitar parts for several Saves the Day songs. And so I just had to oh, study wow. these videos and watch his fingers <laughs> um, to figure out how to play the parts. Uh, but yep. it was fun because like when it goes to the, you know, to the bridge or the outro or whatever you want to call it, the to, to me, yeah. great section, the two guitar lines that work together there are just beautiful. Um yeah. And I mean, Saves the Day is and was a pop punk band, an emo band, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. But they were incredible musicians. Eben, the bass player at that time, just they're like, it's, I think it's rare that you find a band that um, you sing along to the bass lines while you're listening to the record. Uh, yeah, there are specific definitely. bass lines like the bass line during the chorus of Nightingale. Yes, like yep. that's what I sing when I listen to it. Um, <laughs> so like that's it was so cool. it was hard to learn those those lines, and then I was I had I happened to have a friend um, from Fort Wayne, which is about two hours away from here who was playing a uh-huh. gig in town and wanted to spend the night at my house. Um, and he and I played bass. I played in a band a long time ago that he played bass in and he's just a phenomenal bassist. So I was like, all right, but you're going to have to learn the baseline for Firefly and record it while you're at my house. <laughs> the ultimate bartering system. I like that that's rented board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he did that. Oh, that's incredible. And then the vocal took me a long time to get down. Um, I d- I'm pretty sure I lowered it at least a key, if not a key and a half. Um, but it was yep. so hard because with the other songs, I could sing it myself and not necessarily be trying to sing like a pop punk song, which is not the kind of singer I am. But with this one, it was yep. like, no, I have to, I have to do it the way he does it. And so that was challenging, but, um, yeah, it was fun. 
but I, again, yeah. I, I, it was, it was kind of a bit of humor on my part to just be like the very last song on the record is the only one that a faithful cover. I love that. I, yeah, I appreciate it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Like how you said, like having to relearn the guitar for this, I can imagine there would have been that disconnect between like when you're a kid and you are in love with a band or a record and you pick up your guitar. I feel like at least it was for me, like your main focus is like, you want to nail it. You want to play just like them. You want to nail every note and get it sounding the same so that you can say, Hey, look, I learned a song. Right. But as you get older, like marrying that up with, yes, I want to be able to play this, but in my style, like I feel like there might've been a couple of different levels to like relearning the guitar because it's, it still needs to have like passion behind it. Mm. Like it's different to, yeah. Even on some of the songs where I, you know, did rearrange it, um, there are songs that Mm -hmm. I still tried to use um, the original guitar parts because it's just, so much a part of the DNA of those songs. Um, yeah. So I wanted to respect that and still, still use that. Um, yeah. For me, when I, when I was working on it, um, you know, at one point initially I was thinking this is just going to be for me and a couple of my close friends. Um, but as I worked more on it, I thought I'm putting a lot of work into this. Um, I would like to have more people hear it. Uh, So I started to just kind of think like my goal was not, like I said, it was not to try and match the original or be able to even sit equally alongside of it. My goal was I, I was hoping, I was imagining in my head that maybe Chris Connolly would hear a song or two and at least be like, Oh, that's, that's cool. What they did, what he did there. Um, Not like that's better than what I did because it certainly is not. Um, But I, I would want him to hear it and at least not be disgusted. So (laughs) I was going to ask, have you heard from the band? Like, have they heard it? Do you know? I have no idea if they have. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I did like tag him when I first tweeted about it. Um, when I released it, um, he didn't respond to that. And, and I mean, I, Uh. I don't blame him. Like if even me, like if some kid sent me a cover of one of my songs, I'd be like, "Mm, that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, he's getting <laughs> lots of them, I'm sure. You know, how many people, if you, if you go on YouTube, there's just tons of people covering Saves the Day songs. And of course, I would like to yeah. prove that I, I'm above some of that, but am I really, though? <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah, I, I saw that, I think, for part of that, Uh, what's it called like the whole stay at home campaign like how they had the global Uh citizen movement the performing thing I think that yeah Chris Conley is auctioning off an opportunity to get him to your wedding fly to where yes yeah you guys should do it like I know I was like that would be incredible but I feel like I would also enter to have him come and just hand him a copy of your record and be like, listen to this. It's so important. I need you to know how important this cover is as distinct from all the other ones that you might have heard. That's great. But 
They, uh, uh, but yeah, a couple of years. Well, it would have been more than a couple of years ago, I guess. Is the grapefruit record when they were getting ready to work on that grapefruit record? Um, they did a, I think Indiegogo maybe or something. Um, uh-huh. but you could pledge like maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars or something, and they would come play a show for you if if you had a venue and a sound system, oh they would come play a show for you and whoever you could fit in the venue and there and i some friends and i talked about doing it but we didn't and i wish we had because they would let you pick the set list and there was some person in kentucky that bought one and wrote a five hour long set list and they played it Um, (laughs) i mean they're just good dudes like if you if yeah so if you bought them to be your wedding singer i'm sure he would he would sit down and listen to whatever uh, you told him to listen to. We've like got our friend doing the DJ set. I kind of couldn't do that to him though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I would feel a bit exploitative being like, hello, and also you need to listen to this. <laughs> oh, I, I know. A couple years ago, he was on this website called Downright where you could pay people to write a song for you. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. I actually bought one. Um, it's wow. it's not my favorite. <laughs> it, <laughs> it sounds like uh well I mean like I don't know how much you keep up with them at this point but um he's a weird dude like he he just seems like a really happy but like possibly stoned all the time fella <laughs> um who's just like I just want to chill. I just want to go with the flow, which is awesome for him. Uh, but like the song that I got just kind of felt like he was like, all right, I'm going to sit down. Okay. And like it, (laughs) I don't feel like much thought or time was really spent on it. It was just like, Hey man, have fun with your friends. Uh, so I was a a little disappointed by that, but it's still cool that like, I have a song that he wrote specifically for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would do it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um I guess yeah, like I think that about does it in terms of us holding you hostage for the rest of your evening and talking about this. Um yeah, similar to us getting Chris Conley to come over and force feeding him your music. Um yeah, thank you for talking to us about your cover of Stay What You Are. I think yeah, like for something that you did as a personal project, but then gifted to us on your birthday. Like, it's just so generous. I cannot thank you enough because, yeah, I, I'm sure I sound ridiculous, but I appreciate this album so much. I'm like, it is incredible. That it, it means a whole lot to me. Uh, like, I had a feeling, I, I don't, I don't really, like I said earlier, I don't really promote my records much like i tweet them mm-hmm. um a couple times from my personal account and that's kind of been it uh so i didn't really do anything to promote this and and initially it was just on bandcamp because i had trouble getting the uh like getting the rights the mechanical ro- royalty rights set up um so that i could get yep. it beyond that um but uh to some extent i expected it to be one of my more streamed releases um but i also part of me was like eh, who's who i mean if i did what you were doing which is just looking up stay what you are to listen to it 
I probably wouldn't be like, oh, okay, I'm also going to listen to some goofy guy's cover of this. I'm just going to be like, I want to listen to Stay Where You Are. Um, so I, it, I think it's really exciting that you did and that you've enjoyed it. Um, that means a lot to me. I think, and I forgot to mention earlier, one of the things that I loved when I first saw it on Spotify was the album art that you've done. Oh, yeah. It's just so delightful. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is entirely my shit just that like ms paint like yeah i there's a app called adobe draw um that i started using to make just silly drawings um yeah and uh so yeah i threw that together really quickly and i originally i sent it to um my other friends who are into saves today um and one of my favorite things is what i call shruggy man which is you know just the emoji of shrugging actually i like to ask yeah yeah I like the ASCII art version better. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I sent that to my friend Adam and he was like, you got to have him shrugging. And so I was like, that's a great idea. So I changed it to him shrugging. And I like to picture, I like to imagine that he's just like out in this field, like trying to find his phone. I'd be like, I, I have a minute ago. It must've fallen out of my pocket. Um, <laughs> I think like, it's just because the original album art, like just the sort of the sunset, the guy running through the field, like it yeah. is so classic as is. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, this guy knows what's up. Like <laughs> he obviously has a fondness for this album that I and so many other people do. And then, yeah, just the added layer of like, yeah, shrugging man, MS paint sort of quality. Like I just, it is truly delightful. Like, <laughs> end-to-end the whole experience of getting acquainted with this version and with your music has just been so lovely (laughs) do you do you guys happen to have a tape deck like a cassette tape deck um no we don't i feel like we could rustle one up from somewhere yeah i'm not sure the only physical copy i got like five physical copies of this um on cassette so I, i could send you one um oh my goodness i think i will we would have to get a cassette deck for that then yeah i would gladly take you up on that if you're willing to part with one of them because it is just gorgeous i love it so much yeah i think i have two left so i'll keep one for me and i'd be happy to you guys one. so yeah just make sure you send me an address um and uh yeah i'll make that happen oh thank you so much when yeah. we finally get to a point that we make some form of merch we will do the same in return yes. for you <laughs> So before we let you get going, back to probably what is a more exciting evening than sitting there talking mm. to two strangers don't, in Australia. Don't be for sure about that. I'm st- I'm still on quarantine <laughs> by myself. So, oh man. Well, if you're playing video games, I'm a gamer myself. What are you playing yeah. at the moment? So the funny thing is, like I before Christmas, the most recent video game system I had ever bought was the Wii, like the original Wii. Um, but I yep. bought yep. that, I bought that for $50 used off someone just so I could play Beatles rock band. Um, nice. or that the last time I owned a current video game system was the original Xbox. Um, oh, wow. yeah. so I, for Christmas, I bought myself a switch. Um, and nice. I played, you know, I played a few games on that and then I got mortal Kombat when this, uh, quarantine first went into effect. Um, but then I was like, I want to play more. I just realized I wanted to keep playing Mortal Kombat. Um, so I bought a used Xbox one and bought Mortal Kombat 10 for that. So I've been playing that. 
I just got Injustice 2, which is basically Mortal Kombat, but with like Batman. DC uh, superheroes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do I have? I kind of wish that they went full Mortal Kombat with that, though. I want to see like Superman just fully rip Batman into. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed that there's not like any blood or anything in that. In that, because um, yeah. I don't know if there are even fatalities. Uh, no, I, can't, have, like, I can't remember if there are. They yeah. have special moves. Sure, but they're, yeah kind of silly surely that would sort of ruin like the sanitized version yeah, of dc probably. yeah like <laughs> it would but it's made by the same people it's the exact same people and the gameplay is exactly the same um yeah yeah so i played that oh, I, and then i also got this game called dangerous driving the only reason i got that oh, yeah. because i really miss playing uh the crash mode of burnout from when i was like 20 yes and yes, yes. it comes with like the current version of crash mode. Um, so that's why I bought that. I was just going to say that I always used to, infuri- like I loved it when it was a mode, but it, they used to infuriate me in the races. It's like, I know I'm crashing. Just, I need to get back to the race. I know. I need yeah. To get back to- totally. Or if you crash too so, early in crash mode, um, it's like, yes, you, I'm just about to slam into these cars. You think that rubbing up against the guardrail is really going to cause me to, whatever (laughs) so so would you like to plug anything in particular jordan because of course we are going to include your band camp your twitter handle that kind of thing for our listeners but yeah for someone who is just getting acquainted with era jordan aside from this album which i insist everyone listens to what would you like to promote um i mean if you're trying to find a, a like good entry point um, for my records, I would say listen mm-hmm. to, um, uh, gosh, why can't I think of the title? Good Nudes for People Who Love Bad Nudes. Um, I love yeah. that title, by the way. It's just <laughs> delightful. I, the funny thing about, so I was originally going to call it Good News for People Who Love Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Um, <laughs> and my friend Dwayne was like good nudes and i was like that's it you got it that's the perfect title <laughs> i will admit i was expecting a modest mouse covers album but i was still surprised and delighted so yeah i'm I, i'm trying not to do too much of the covers thing i don't want that to become my yeah. shtick i do have there are some other covers on the Bandcamp page my friend maggie and i like to choose songs that we hate and do faithful covers of those every <laughs> once in a while um i would say avoid <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sounds of Portland as interpreted by Apple memos or something like that. Um, and yep. like you just want to waste some time. Um, I was listening to that the other day and it's surprisingly good work music, <laughs> like just the ambient. I, you're not the so, first to tell me that. Yeah, no, it's very soothing. I found like in isolation, I've, developed a newfound appreciation for weird things like i was watching a twitch stream for like another podcast the other day Uh and they ended up just playing a youtube video of someone just driving through calgary (laughs) and i don't know why but it was just so soothing like i was just like i could watch this for hours what is wrong with me so the, the things that youtube has become and that we love about it are so bizarre uh, yeah, like I, there was a time where I would could watch hours of video of this guy um, opening like fifty year old uh, 
MREs, meals ready to eat from like the Navy and eating them. (laughs) Uh, And he makes that sound, that sound you just made, he makes it all the time. And I always wanted, when I would watch her, I'd be like, why are you doing this? He'd be like, I'm about to eat a 50 year old piece of cheese. And he would take a bite and then he'd go, and I'd be like, why are you doing this to yourself? But I can't wait to watch the next one. So yeah, the Portland thing oh. though, it was it was just it was a fun joke and and to realize that I could release that. There were there are a couple of other similar projects that I've wanted to release, and the company that I release things through were like, were like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, oh, like one of them I was going to release this twenty minute long track called Era Jordan Listens, and it's it's literally <laughs> just a twenty minute long recording of me sitting in my chair. Um, so like. <laughs> It's mostly silence, but every once in a while you hear me like turn a little bit. Um, but they were like, "No, we won't do that." So I've been I've been thinking about turning that into a podcast, um, just every oh week. Oh my goodness! Or it could be like an unguided meditation. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, just it's like every twenty minutes, there's like a little. Huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can like hear me breathing or like scratching my beard or something. Oh my goodness. I fully endorse any and all of these projects. If you ever need a, an unguided meditation collab, we For will sure. step up. Sounds good. massive heartfelt thank you to Era Jordan, aka Jordan Banks, for answering an email from a stranger on the other side of the world and joining us here on Punk Goes Pod. Jordan's music, including Stay What You Are or Change If You Need To, is available on Spotify, YouTube and Bandcamp. Be sure to visit erajordan.bandcamp.com to purchase his work. The comp he mentioned at the top of the interview titled It Might Get Better, It Might Get Worse, But It Can't Stay the Same, is available at itmightgetbetter.bandcamp.com. And follow him on Twitter at IamJordanBanks or visit erajordan.com to keep up to date with all things Era Jordan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>